0: We don't even have to do an intro. This is the intro. Hello. Welcome to Art's Life Podcast.
1: Yeah. This is Annie.
0: This is Andre. This is Mike.
1: And today our special guest is...
0: Vaughn
2: Kramer. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> <E-Von>.
1: <laughs> that was Why so smooth.
2: I, I wasn't sure if I wanted if I wanted to go for both first and last name. I just went for it. it what's, your,
1: what's your stage name?
2: I like the oh, I, uh, stage name... Destiny. What's your alter ego name? Just no, the, that's the alter ego name Destiny for uh, the hot bitch. The yeah, I, whenever I drink I become a hot bitch named Destiny. You, you are know. a bad bitch when you drink. I appreciate that, Mike. You are a bad influence on me. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling a story about my the escapades on Saturday, and I was like, Oh well then Mike showed up, so I had to do three shots. <laughs> it just Ooh. had to, it just were what oh, terrible high five. That was terrible. Didn't even pick that up on the other. Probably,
1: but, but, probably but, I'm, the I'm glad no one
2: saw that. <laughs> oh, it's embarrassing. Yeah.
1: So usually we start this out by asking you kind of like what you're about, what your life story is. Okay. Tell us your brand. Yeah, what's your brand? brand?
2: I'm kidding. Like, yeah. (laughs) Who is Vaughn?
1: Yeah, who is Vaughn?
2: So it all started when I was born.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, Came out. My mom's youth. (laughs) Not the youth. Not that far back. Not that far. Start when you remember. Maybe when you had your like
1: artistic awakening. Yes. Okay.
2: Artistic awakening. Well, I mean, a little about me is I'm. Pretty into theater, uh, I like acting, performing, in general, making people laugh. Uh, so that sort of started in a couple different ways. I always used to entertain for my family, uh, like be in the kitchen, and everybody's just eating dinner, and I'm meanwhile uh, like on on the side walking like an Egyptian, just doing whatever wacky slapstick humor I could do because. Kids don't know jokes. <laughs> um, and that sort of moved on into theater, acted at like a camp at a young age, thought that was super cool, did a little bit in middle school. And then like when I got to high school, I started really going for it. We got in a couple of higher level roles, had a ton of fun, learned a lot, and then continued that passion at the collegiate level.
0: Ooh. Lehigh Colleg- University, mm,
2: collegiate level at Lehigh University. Give
0: us, give us some titles. What shows? Have, what kind of shows have you been in?
2: Um, okay, so I just, just this, uh, this fall, uh, I was in an original play that was written for commission for Lehigh called "The Broken Machine." Mm. Um, that was super cool and fun, ex- wild experience. Um, but before that, I was in another play by the same uh, author, uh, playwright called dog act uh last uh fall and then in high school i did uh it's a wonderful life popular christmas mm. film adapted for the stage
0: mm.
2: uh and i was mr potter in that which,
0: which is, one was mr potter again?
2: he's the old banker oh the evil one mm-hmm. okay yeah grumpy grumpy gentleman
3: yeah Yo, you're a pretty nice guy how'd you fill that role how'd you get that mindset
2: um <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I really, shake really it down for me. You know,
3: I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> Just what the skill help tell your secret. To, yes. Yeah, okay. Industry so. secrets. Spill them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inside the actor studio. So,
2: whenever you get a role and it's not somebody you are almost identical to because basically any role requires some research and depth and you have to look into uh, the words of the play and really anal- analyze them uh, to really figure out the character's perspective. Because once you have the character's perspective, it's a lot easier to understand. Uh, because if you look at a character at face value, you see a villain, you see somebody trying to steal the money. He's like, ooh, he's so greedy. What a greedy guy. Uh, <laughs> and then, But then when you think about the character, you realize... Uh, that everything that he does is is motivated by something. Like, uh, there's history there that causes him to make the decisions he makes. He's more... He's less uh, evil and more self-serving. So he's flawed. Exactly, humanized. um, Once you analyze your character as a human before... Uh, you analyze them as as their, what the what the obvious thing is. I
0: think you said I think you said something at like Creative Eight. It was like I think it was like a quote that like summed that up. It was like mm, I forgot it. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Um, I, oh no! You said everybody's the hero of their own movie or something like that. Yes. right.
2: Everybody's the hero of their own story, which is why like nobody. I mean, no reasonable character. I mean, I guess there's some extreme cases. Nobody's like, I'm evil for evil's sake. I'm doing the evil thing. (laughs) Watch me commit this crime. Orphan, dead.
0: Evil cackle.
2: (laughs) Ha ha, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody's the hero of their own story is the idea that... uh, Meanwhile, it's exemplified perfectly by Mr. Potter that everything he does, he does to serve himself because... He feels it is his right as a person to enrich himself. Uh, meanwhile, which in his mind, he is completely in the right. However, obviously, you know that doing that at the expense of other people, while he might not consider that to be a problem, it's kind of a dick move. It's
0: an objective it is issue. I, okay, this is a radical thing, mm-hmm. and we can, we can throw it right into the garbage. Okay? <laughs> Go but for it. Totally Bear right. with me. I want to give you some villain names, mostly from Disney.
1: Mm.
0: And I want you to tell me, I want you to reimagine, like, their, like, character and tell me, like, why they're doing the things they're doing. Okay. Hell yeah. It's just gonna be, like, a quick couple sentences. All right. Like, just a quick one shot. Let's Let's do it. Let's Let's do it. Let's do it. Does that sound... That works for me. Let's do
3: it. Hell yeah.
2: Okay. Scar. Lion King. Okay. Scar. All right. Let me think about that for a second. So, basically...
0: Because my first thought... Okay, go ahead. Is that he has a scar and that Muf- Mufasa fucked him up. Mufasa fucked him up. Or maybe that's <laughs> just, right. like, my interpretation. Yeah, Political see, aspirations is what I would say. All
2: right. I don't... That's also fair. We're going to get there. <laughs> okay, so the scar you bring up, you can't know for certain if Mufasa gave him the scar or, like, what happened with that, but you can inf- imply, infer, sorry, infer that... Like he was bullied for his scar because he, and he's also uh, significantly weaker than Mufasa. He, there's a heavy implication that he's always been second best um, and he's been picked upon, uh, disrespected. Singer, really. He's really talented. Jeremy <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Irons, true. Mwah. It's really fucked up to call him Scar, though. Exactly. Yeah. Literally so ma- f- they literally... <laughs> no, that is really fucked up. Like, they call
2: him Scar. Literally, may- they, they n- it's not his actual name, obviously. Yeah, like, maybe he just no, wants to call by it-
3: his actual name.
2: Called Scar,
0: given the shadowy place Right. <laughs> of like, <laughs> Well, of I think
1: isolation plays a part in it, like too. It
0: him out, With know? a bunch of insane yeah. hyenas. Yeah, yeah. The, hy- the hyenas are just
3: fucked because they're just a disc.
0: So is Scar really the villain, or is he just trying to do the best he can? He's is, he try- is he trying to be number one for really? once in his life? Wow, that's yeah. deep. That's deep, man.
2: See, he's trying. He's trying to make good on the disrespect that was uh, was pushed towards him.
0: And this en- point. this entitled, privileged asshole Simba comes out of nowhere, and he's like, "I can't wait to be king." Right. You know. And Scar's like. No, I've been bullied for like 40 years. Absolutely not. Right. He's you like, know? Your father is turning into my alcoholic father. Right. No, I'm sorry. We're throwing a lot
1: out there. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> he I don't know like where did this trauma stuff <laughs> from. does do lines of yeah. alcoholism? Like, yeah. What's going on? Yeah, but
2: lines, it. look it up. Yeah. Like, Simba's everything that repre- like, represents everything that Scar has come to despise. Like, he's the symbol of. of Like, Mufasa's, like, greed, like, oh, let me, I'm gonna take all the light area, you can have the dark, shadowy area with the hyenas, you're not gonna eat very much, you have to, like, hunt for mice to eat. Um, And so, Scar is being dejected, and now here comes this little fucking kid. (laughs) And he's gonna be the king, and he gets to hear about, like, oh, the new king, because Scar was then like move down the line scar was in line to be king but then zimba comes along and there is really starts to become no hope for him to ever ascend to the throne and bring justice and equality to the hyenas social
0: stagnation (laughs) that's what that is okay um let's move let's do one more real quick let's just say ursula Oh, i barely seen uh, Ursula Oh we can do one that Let's do a different Deville. one Do it one Cruella de Different one uh, What's another Disney movie Jafar Jafar Wait
2: what's Aladdin, Aladdin yeah Oh Aladdin
1: okay. Wow Andy that's I saw
2: Aladdin on Broadway. embarrassing Yeah on Broadway Alright uh, On Broadway <laughs> 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 you On Broadway like, have you
3: I have there?
1: but like And the movie like once it wasn't it oh wasn't a like a family favorite for me, you know. Oh. It's all right. But mm-hmm. hey, it's fine. So Jafar there's something behind
3: it, the psychology of
2: Jafar. Yeah. Okay, I should have been thinking about that while we were making fun of Annie, but I was just appalled. appalled. <laughs> um sorry. Okay, so basically with Jafar, uh when you think about it, it's a similar thing to Scar, is that he is constantly belittled and uh made to feel small and there's constantly disrespected for just doing his job as a, as a consultant, or what is he, the advisor? Yeah, right? he's um, one of the chief advisors. And it, and it's, it's implied the advisor. that
0: it's implied that he comes from, like, a poor background, you know? Right. Like, he's super, he's just super, like, ambitious.
2: Yeah, so Jafar built himself up, and he's just trying to do well, and he's just trying to do a good job, and he's constantly made fun of. Neglected. Disrespected, neglected, abused. Laced, really. All this stuff. He's he was laced. Yeah, he really, truly was. Laced. Done really was.
3: Truly emotionally.
2: And then he just, you know, people reached a breaking point. He's also
3: ugly as shit. That doesn't help too.
2: See, that's what you're you're doing
3: with the Sultan. Now wow. yeah. I'm sorry. You're I making Jafars. To. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Wow. Jafar, looking like that, isn't gonna help his case. You know.
1: But that's not. A that's racist. Why it. he should have been yeah. bullied. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Literally, his only friend is a talking bird. You know? I, I bet that bird doesn't even actually talk. I think he's just going crazy. But
0: then why do we hear the bird? Because we're all going crazy. The, the movie's from
2: Jafar's perspective.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> there it is. Wait. No, actually, how crazy would it be if Aladdin was turned into a psychological thriller about <laughs> <laughs> um, a man, at his, about a man at his breaking point who's reaching for Sultan but will never get it? Mm-hmm. In love with the princess, laced. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, again, like, analyzing all of these characters,
3: that helps you kind of get into the role it helps you, you know, figure out how to make the character more convincing, you know, with our yeah. little goofy sides, like...
2: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Breaking it down uh, and understanding their motivations is the, the quickest, the best way, most effective way to really figure out how to portray the character.
1: I, I have a question. So with all this stuff, you know, you've had two plays where you've actually had connections with the playwright. Mm-hmm. So do you get to discuss a lot, like... With her about, you know, right. what the character's backstory is, like how much mm-hmm. you can, you know, Influence. assume and infer about mm-hmm. the character, you know, that's right. not really written on the page.
2: Right. Um, yeah, and to an extent, you can do that. You can make uh, gentle assumptions. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be like, oh, so I played this character Joe, and he's just a forest ranger. Um, you can't be like oh, was Joe a forest ranger because he was abused as a child? Like, you can't go that far. Like And, and if she was like, maybe... Uh, well, the way it works is the interaction with the player. She, she maintains uh, maintained a, uh, a certain distance from that kind of thing. Like, she would let you know if, if that kind of matched her interpretation... Um, but she wouldn't be like, no, that's wrong. You can't, no, that's not how you should interpret it.
3: She just used, like, deductive
0: reasoning to kind of figure out the character's motivations. Also, she's the writer, but, like, I feel like, like, any kind of, like, work, there is, like, ambiguity. Like, there's, like, like, Scar has a scar. Um, Jafar looks sus, And it's, like, we're, (laughs) like, and stuff is implied, but they're not outright telling us this is their past. So, like, Mm -hmm. would you say that, like, for, like, your roles, like, a lot of time, you're kind of taking your own liberties? Absolutely.
2: um, yeah, liberties have to be taken. Uh, or else... the else? The, the character... <laughs> or, <laughs> or, else. or else you're just... You're just reading the words off the page.
3: That's part of being human, you know? Right. The mystery of the character.
2: No, I mean, sure, there's there's absolutely... Like, you... You can't be too sure of what happened. That, yeah. That's also something. You can't... You, you're you not a detective here. You're not solving the mystery. You're You're understanding... Rationale, reasoning, h- how things might have uh, gone down to make a character the way that they are. But you're not like, oh, this happened because, like, you're not psychoanalyzing like uh, as a as a their therapist. Okay, so you're not like, completely... like this, this is the source <laughs> of your trauma, and then that trauma is what causes you to do this action. At and this therefore, time. you're. It well, that's because that's too structured so of thinking
3: about it, right? Because then again, you it, it they're, not the well, they're not it, human. they're not human anymore. You know. Anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's just like a case study. Yeah, human. And you know every answer. Yeah, it's there's no complications. Black and white. It's true. You know, so you're leaving some of the ambiguity there mm-hmm. to put your own little
0: personality into it. You know? Also, Vaughn, I really would love to know who your influences are. I know that you said something about slapstick when you were a kid, so I'm assuming what like Robin Williams.
2: Oh, uh, I was has to be one. Yeah, I was a big Robin Williams guy. That. That fucked me up when he died. Mm. That's, that's the point. But that yeah. was, he wasn't originally, like Robin Williams I, I, came sort of later when I, because Robin Williams' humor is a little more developed. adult and developed and complex uh, than just like slapstick. But, like, but even
0: like, even with um like in Aladdin, like when he played Genie, there was like a bunch of ad-libs. Like absolutely. I think most of it was ad-libs. Mm-hmm. He just went
2: crazy with yeah. impressions and. That's the sort of thing that, you know, I get to now, just, like, enjoying, like, that kind of humor. Uh, but when I was a kid, I was really big into Jim Carrey. Oh, uh, yeah, it's a little more direct. Yeah, it's direct, like, Ace Ventura. Dumb and dumber. Mr. Popper's Penguins. Yeah. I didn't. No, not Mr. Popper's Penguins. <laughs> well, fuck me. That really <laughs> Mr. Popper's Penguins. Oh, everybody's favorite Jim Carrey film, Mr. Popper's Penguins. <laughs> that's critical acclaim. You know That's why he got go his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Was from Mr. <laughs> Popper's. You, Penguins. you know what? I like. Now you're Zoom really clapping. Okay, okay? sue <laughs> uh, me. Uh, Bruce Almighty. Yeah, this. I mean, there's so many. Um, it just it came down to like. There is absolute commitment to a joke, mm-hmm. like he can be the like it, do the weirdest thing, like his face goes in every which way, and he's just like doing his giving his one hundred percent to like make a person laugh. Yes, and that is sort of what I drew him. So something. it's the passion that drew drew you. To it's passion. Mind. It's the style, like the whole rubber face thing, which is great for an audio podcast. Um. Would you say that you're a passionate guy, Mon? with your art. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I would say that I'm passionate about It's get
1: of 1 to 10 how much yeah, do you Yeah, how bear much passion do you, I you, you
2: put it in? That is tell me the passion bond. Yeah, it. No, uh, I need you, to know how no, actually. No, no. When it comes down to I mean right now I'm not in a in any sort of production so it's it's kind of hard to answer that, but when I'm in a show, I am 100% committed to making it the best version of a production that I can in in the parts that I can control. Um I I, I take what I do very seriously, no matter what kind of role it is. Mm-hmm. It could be extremely dramatic or extremely comedic. Um that's why like I've never broken on stage. Fun fact for me. Okay. Um but like that's that's just what popped in my head. But um I do a lot of work outside. Toss
0: out that flex. Continue. Yeah, toss
2: out. I just, I, I, you know, I had this flex. It was weighing me down for a little bit. I had to, get, I offload it onto the, the audio, right. There. Um, but, I, everything I, I've done has come with preparation. Uh, there's been millions of different things tried and failed, in rehearsal before. I eventually come up with something to do in performance. And even then, so it's not really something you're supposed to do, but things change during the course of a performance where I I might notice something works better than I thought it would. And that's not to say like laughs-wise. Like you can't do too much, cater to the audience too much. You can't try to play for laughs because then it comes off insincere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're noticing that something works better with the flow... Uh, and you think it works better comedically in general, or or something works better to service the show, uh, and then that's something that I am comfortable switching show to show.
1: So you're pretty. Um, from I I didn't get the chance to see Dog Act, but I did see your comedic side, mm-hmm. um, and I, I did didn't get to see you when you played Mr. Fodder, right. but. Um, playing an evil person playing a comedic person like which one was your favorite and is there a role that you hope to play or a, a type of character character that you hope to like fill maybe in the future right right
2: right um, I liked which is weird because it's a ton of fun to play a comedic character mm-hmm. because you're just going crazy and people are laughing and you're just doing uh, this nutty stuff and you end up like falling all over the floor a hell of a mm-hmm. time. Uh, but I really enjoyed doing the more dramatic role uh, because of the complexity of the character, partially. Um, but also it was more challenging to truly find the right emotion, be able to instill in the audience, to be on stage and be performing, giving it you your all, and then afterwards somebody comes up to you and says, like, that was terrifying. Or like, that was like I was distressed watching that. Mm-hmm. Um, you're really bringing out raw emotions in a person to either make them think, or to push the plot forward, or just to enhance the experience in general. It really, it's it's very rewarding.
0: That was surprising to me. I was fully expecting you to say comedic roles, um, but I guess you are a man of um, mystery, a man multi-dimensional. Of- Hidden depths. Yeah, and multi-dimensional. No, I mean, and, uh, but seriously, yeah, that's actually well, very interesting. Because that's a
3: problem a lot of actors have, you know, guys like uh like Nick Cage. It's just Nick Cage in a like another it's no. just Nick Cage in a movie, you know? Cage it's not mode. like a character. It's just mm.
0: Nick Cage. Or it's Sylvester Stallone. He's always it's the same Stallone. guy, yeah, yeah. It's the same dude, but like I understand what you're saying. Same God. tough as nails, There's like nice. we got a good about it there. It's it's one archetype, you know, versus oh, what you're describing. That's you know, I
2: it's a damn shame
0: that Sylvester Stallone has sort of
2: turned into that because I agree that he's like Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a tough guy. He's a tough guy, you know, that's that's
3: his that's his thing.
2: Um because like if you watch like Rocky, Rocky Two It's good acting. It's really good acting, like it's emotional myth. depth. Like when Adrian is in a coma. And Rocky's like, oh, my God, is she going to die? <laughs> I'm praying in this hospital. I did this to her.
0: Oh, my gosh. You sound like, I did not kill her. I did not. I did, I did not, not hit kill her. her. I did not hit her. I did, I did not. not. Oh,
3: hi, Mark. <laughs> well,
0: hi. Um, Tommy Wiseau,
3: greatest director slash actor of our time. Truly. Truly.
2: But, yeah. So, in that, in that movie, Sylvester Stallone, there's a whole part where Rocky doesn't know... Where his place is in the world anymore. He's running out of money. People aren't respecting him. He doesn't want to fight anymore because he was injured so severely last time, but he doesn't know what else to do and he feels like he's letting Adrian down. And it's the raw emotion that he shows in that movie that really made him a hell of an actor. Mm. Um, lately, you sort of, and I, honestly I hadn't seen Creed or Creed 2 yeah. and I, it wasn't hear, bad, I hear Creed wasn't bad it wasn't bad no, but it was I still, like it was still Sylvester
3: Stallone in a movie but okay
2: yeah without, I, I hear he was good but like Michael B. Jordan I, I've seen an movie. awful lot of Sylvester Stallone lately where he's just tough guy like sort of doing what
0: Arnold Schwarzenegger does which no they're very weird. much it's very funny you said that because I feel like literally I feel like their careers mirrored each other um, but I wanted to segue into a different thing what are like your favorite movies like throughout like you can throw out a couple because I know that it's like such an on the spot question to be like, what's your favorite movie? Oh, my favorite movie. How, yeah, give us your course. favorite
3: movie or Vaughn, you're off the
2: podcast. and we will ever
3: hear this and you will die broken alone.
2: Um, you know, I love Goodwill Hunting against mm. Robin Williams in a yes. dramatic in role. In a dramatic role. How about that? One of his very few dramatic roles. Yes. Which is a wild performance, it is. by the way. I'm mm. pretty sure you want to ask for it's that. It's not
0: your fault. It's not your fault.
2: It's not your. Good will Hunting. is probably. I I hesitate to say favorite mm. movie. Goodwill Hunting's up there. Pulp Fiction will always be up there. Mm. But fu- fucking Quentin Tarantino has to ask about how had, to to pu- had to put his dumb fucking face in the th- in the movie and ruined it. <laughs> okay, so I, if there wasn't the scene where Quentin Tarantino does his actor cameo. And he is like talking, and he every single word he says as an actor drives a nail in my brain. Wait, which scene was that? That's the scene so where um, I actually don't know what he looks um, like. He they uh, shoot Marvin in the head, in the face, yeah. and then they bring him to Quentin Tarantino's house to clean things up, and then they call the wolf.
0: That's Quentin mm. Tarantino. That's Quentin Tarantino. It's his house. Yes. It's, oh. Yes, I do remember that. He's scene, he's
2: okay. like wearing a bathrobe, and yeah, he's doing his pissed off, and he's just being Quentin Tarantino, which is not acting, and it's very nice. He well, made over an the the excellent top. film. Over he's the top. made many many excellent films.
0: Yeah, I love almost all of his films, even though he loves making black people say the N word in his movies. It really does. It's, it's, it's like it's like it's like his kink, but I love Tarantino nonetheless because um, Inglourious right. Bastards is fire. It the is is right.
2: Reservoir Dogs, just rewatched that mm. one. There's some problematic uh, dialogue in that
0: movie, but it holds up as a whole. Mm. <laughs> um, Django's great. What's about a time in Hollywood that just came out? Did you guys watch that? No, I did not see I, that. Not I saw it. It's amazing. That I was in the theater, like, screaming, laughing at the ending, like, the whole ending sequence. Mm hmm. I, gotta I don't be, know why, but, but it was just very funny to me. I think the best movie
3: I've ever seen. Not, I don't think it's Tarantino. It might be. I don't think it's. If it's, it's not Tarantino, then why are you talking <laughs> about it? <Are> <laughs> not, is it? Andre. Okay. <laughs> Scorsese. Who who made The Departed? That's my favorite movie. Oh, That's, it's Schoen- 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 Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg.
2: Did he direct that? No, it was Scorsese. But Scorsese no, I'm directed it. I'm yeah, saying, yeah. Well, no, Mark, Mark, Ward, Mark, Damon, Mark Wahlberg doesn't
3: Damon, Matt, direct it. Matt Damon. He did Oh, really? So Leonardo DiCaprio, who should have won
0: an Oscar for that role, honestly. Right had to get chewed on by a bear to win that Oscar, but he did. He got Matt there. Damon's developed as an actor. Matt was—he's always Matthew. been great. I always
2: love Matt Damon. No, like, I feel like he's gotten better over the years. Have you seen *Goodwill Hunting? i mean yeah. like half
0: of it that's a strong that's like that oh, was a one really of his, good start <laughs> to an actor <laughs> <his strongest, laughs> i feel like that's one of his strongest actors sure
3: but you know i like i just like seeing how he seems like very mellowed out when he's older and i like the roles he's filling now no yeah i, I pre- agree. I, I preferred him in elysium <laughs> i like jake gyllenhaal a lot too i yeah, do I jake jake, Gil- 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 jake gyllenhaal is very good
2: he's always like the guy
3: on the brink jake of cracking always does it though i end of watch great movie have you guys watched Mike
0: no. Sorry, I was briefly five there. Have you guys watched Nightcrawler? Yes, oh. you have. That's excellent. I love oh, it. Mark Wahlberg's best. He's insane. Boogie Nights. I know. That's
2: the kind of character where it's kind of harder to get into depth with because it's such a like He's so like disjointed from reality. Right. <laughs> like, you, you hesitate to say psychopath, but uh, um, so it's just it's harder to find motivations for that kind of character. But you you have to sort of like. I think it's fun to enter
0: Pick that. Well, it like, oh, it's an archetype right? mindset, though. Mm-hmm.
2: Like the psychopath but, yeah. is an
0: archetype. More it's it actually like his okay. Because I know you guys aren't familiar, but basically, like bare bones plot of that was that like basically he's like this like gotcha reporter who's like who like has to like go to scenes and like get pictures and film mm-hmm. like for like whatever news outlet he's working for. So then like they can get like the first break. Right, he's doing freelance freelance footage. And then at first it's like he's doing like 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 robberies or like DUIs or whatever. And then it slowly like builds to him spoilers <laughs> it builds to him literally like hearing about murders i think he like didn't he set up he set up a murder and then he like went in there and was filming it and then they, they were like breaking breaking video what you're about to see is very disturbing oh
1: wow so and then, I mean, he started
0: making like snuff films so he's, he just went crazy no but he was making a ton of money because he was like oh look i have like the first take of this but was this was, real
1: no
0: no, no. so oh, what okay. was the tone was it like a guy oh psychological thriller so yeah okay
3: but was it, like, any deeper than that in terms of, like, a, like a guy... No, they didn't turning. delve
2: into his backstory, but that was yeah. scarier. Let us partner sure, die? Pretty sure he killed a baby. Let it, let, let
0: oh, it, I don't remember that. That baby in the... There was a dead baby somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> doubt yeah. uh, it. A must-watch, a must-see. A must-watch. Jake Gyllenhaal dead babies and
2: <laughs> newscasters. Another, another great uh, Jake Gyllenhaal movie is Prisoners. Uh, Hugh Jackman is oh, wow. crazy in that one. Really good. I haven't seen that mm, one. I haven't seen that one. I recently
1: watched Zodiac, which is kind of... That funny. was really I good. Zodiac. Zodiac was really good. I yeah. And I thought that, like, Robert Downey Jr. was going to be the the guy that pulled through and it was Jake Gyllenhaal and I was I like, wow.
0: I was going to say that um, quickly on Jake Gyllenhaal, I was going to say that whenever I watch his early movies, it's like it's like you can kind of see how people felt when they were first watching those movies and they're like, this kid's actually a really good actor mm-hmm. because like I kind of I, like, I kind of just expect actors to like be better as they get older in general but he was like he was kind of like Matt Damon where he was like just like, like there's, there's a difference.
1: yeah but anyways I was gonna say so we know Vaughn because we all lived in the same dorm together freshman year mm-hmm. and um I don't know how it happened what was it called again Arts Alive oh oh, oh. 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 wow I wonder part of it it didn't influence us at all. No, Anyways, not related at all. Um, but we mar- met in the Arts Alive dorm, mm-hmm. and we all applied to be in this place, and we actually ended up getting along really well. And um, Correct. I'm wondering how much that played a role into like how you came to Lehigh, or like how that like you know helped maybe your first year experience, if anything.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: or even just like the group of friends that we have, like how that's maybe like.
0: Yeah, it was super cool. She wants you to say that she's your biggest influence.
2: Yeah, dude, no. just, just saying, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Annie has been my muse, <laughs> single handedly,
3: single handedly since day one. Oh
2: my gosh, I was—I had this vision when I was four years old, <laughs> and it was—it was, it was <laughs> Annie I'm a Norris, happy muse girl, <laughs> <laughs> and. It was Annie, and she drove drove me to do all I came to do, and she was like, come to Lehigh, go to the Arts Alive. Anyways, okay, that's a weird tangent. Uh Um, Arts Alive was really awesome for me. Uh, It was just super cool to be able to come back to a dorm at 12.30 in the morning, Mm-hmm. after studying and doing work and people would just be in the lounge chatting, doing work playing music uh, it was a really wonderful environment for me mm. to uh, make friends <laughs> um, wonderful but it was it was nice uh, to be able to interact with people who had a similar mindset because uh, we're all artistic people in our own ways uh, and we like to create and that kind of was the backdrop for a nice friendship,
0: I guess
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree
0: yeah, I think Arch Live was kind of like a refuge in a more conservative environment
1: yeah, that's true I agree with that I was also going to ask too, you know I know that you're you've Taking a break from
0: acting?
1: Yeah. Or, like, because, I don't know, how, I mean, you're, well, what's your major again?
2: Bioengineering.
1: Bioengineering, She's which probably bio takes role. up a lot of your time.
2: It does take up a lot of my time. Yeah.
1: So how has that been, like, throughout this, you know, two years of college, like, you know?
2: It's been a very interesting juggling it all. Yeah. Uh, I maybe have not done as well in certain classes as I could have. Yeah. But because of like because of like the commitment I've shown to the performances. Yeah. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Also has to do with the fact that I'm just uh, slightly irresponsible. It's fine. Anyways, we both um, I'm, I'm never irresponsible. <laughs> what Are you never. talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Andre, picture he's a straight A student. Mm. He's straight laced. Always in mm. mm. class. No substances. No. <laughs> oh, I don't know what you brought that
1: up. Straight laced. Yeah. Straight laced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Straight, straight laced. <laughs> straight laced.
2: Um, but, right, this semester, I was going to not retire, but as you said, go on sabbatical because I wanted to do some research. Uh, I'm still pursuing that research. Uh, I'm going to find out very soon if I'm going to be able to do it. But also... I just said fuck it and auditioned for the play anyways. <laughs> mm. Your impulse
1: I, acting. I like, impulse. I <laughs> impulse auditioned. I
2: impulse auditioned <laughs> for this play last semester. Uh, I looked at the at the sign up sheet, and I was like, "They probably have slots open, right?" And I opened this, and there was one slot open twenty minutes from the time that it was. So I'm like, "Fuck it," <laughs> and I I booked it as owner. Mm-hmm. Signed up, got a call back. amazing, which turned out to be a pretty crappy experience. And uh, but it's <laughs> besides the point. And I didn't get the role, uh, which is fair because the preparation was not put in. But um, it's it's
1: funny to see that like this is this has been your life for a really long time, and it's hard to just like, I mean, it's almost like a routine for you. Like how do you not keep doing that? You know, it just feels like second nature at some point. Or at least when I saw you and saw you talking about it and telling mm-hmm. us about your experience, like, oh of course, like Bon would do that.
2: I mean, yeah, I definitely miss acting a lot. Like I didn't think I would miss it as much as I do right now. Mm-hmm. Um especially considering I didn't miss it so much after Dog Act last year, just because there was the whole so much going on in the new college environment. But now that I guess I've settled in I realized that I want to be acting more. Um luckily there's going to be some opportunities later in the semester uh to do one act plays, which is going to be less okay. commitment. Mm-hmm. Um but hopefully it's going to be fun.
1: That'll be really cool. Yeah. I I love that like taking a break kind of made you
2: appreciate it more.
3: Right? Yeah,
1: appreciate it more and like solidified that like, mm-hmm. you know, I do love this and I want to keep doing it more. Yeah. Um which is really good to hear, you know um what what does the future hold for von kramer
2: the future
1: yeah like what's maybe your biggest uh, sorry not the <laughs> biggest dreams aspirations you think you'll continue acting outside of college like is there a, like a field for that like how would that There's... even work
2: I mean, right now the plan. I
0: saw the stress, like I'm sorry, this is not it's, supposed it. to be stressful,
1: I was but like,
0: oh my god! Like heard a only for, I was like, future. Like,
1: if we got to <laughs> do not future, but like the no. biggest dream, you know, no, like I can, if that's, I can, I
2: can talk a little bit about that. I mean, throw reality to the side. I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna, we're gonna get we're gonna the world
1: get, is your oyster, like
2: <laughs> we'll figure it out. But realistically speaking, in the next couple of years after I graduate from college, hopefully. I'm going to be a bioengineer with work experience, question mark, (laughs) and going to be able to get a job working in consulting or something or working as uh, somebody who's actually doing research. Maybe I'm going to grad school. But if at any point... I am suddenly found by a large casting agency and they're like, you are the star we've needed. <laughs> You're the missing piece. I think it's probable that I would drop bioengineering for that. But there's certain reservations about my own talent level and just how slim the possibilities are yeah. of of me actually making a career out of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to bring the podcast down a little bit <laughs> but so art's dead well, art is dead
1: <laughs> you can, dead. Go, go get an
2: engineering degree you fucker <laughs>
1: <laughs> well but also I think that's like something that we keep coming back to it's like in this point in our lives like it's so unknown like you really mm-hmm. have no idea and then with art too like it's so not like, non-objective mm-hmm. you know like engineering is for sure you know you just have to put in a work the work for it and it's rough and it's hard but like you know that you'll probably get, like, a solid, you know, career out of it. It's,
0: like, the guaranteed safe path versus the 100% not guaranteed dream.
1: But, like, and it's not guaranteed at all, but if it would come by and it hits you in the face and you're like, hell yeah, I would drop anything for it. Mm -hmm. Like, Honestly,
0: uh, you would appreciate it more, you know?
1: Probably. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, I think so many people struggle with that or at least I think about that all the time like, oh I
0: struggle with that yeah.
1: yeah it's like how much of my life do I take seriously and then what like other little part of me is like I could do this for fun for this or like how many places
0: know? in my life am I willing to compromise myself yeah. it's true
2: like you, you there's a lot to question like if I, wish I were to fully pursue acting to drop this whole Lehigh experience yeah. move to LA uh, Pull know, a Rachel
1: Berry and just
2: just go for mm. it. Go for it. <laughs> like that would get you on TV. Like, so God, <laughs> My whole <laughs> I love the Glee, Glee reference. By the way, big okay, big sorry. Glee guy. Yeah. Really?
1: You're no, I was wow. I was Glee.
2: I was gleekish ish for sure. I was definitely not. I was, I would not say I'm Glee-ask. I had siblings who were who were gleeks. So I was I was sort of like a. Uh, the Gleek rub off on me a little bit Gleek by association right Mm -hmm. um (laughs) anyways just going for the full acting thing getting a job working 9 to 5 on the side uh trying to get trying to land uh gigs would be say less secure (sighs) of a life and that's that's an awfully big jump Mm-hmm. Uh, to do for someone who is not so confident about their abilities, like yeah, I'm not, I'm not confident in my abilities to be able to pull that off with a reasonable amount of success, reasonable chance of success.
1: Well, I mean, and to put a positive spin on this, I mean, I think if you do end up putting more time into it, and you, you kind of find your stride again, you start building up more experience, it probably mm-hmm. won't seem as big of a jump, right? That's true. That's fair. Like, And also,
0: still... there there is a middle path. You can also, you know, like graduate with this degree because it is a really good safety net mm-hmm. and you can go, you can still go to New York and L.A. and still pursue that um, while having this like relatively good job that has like a good income for you, you know? That's pretty fair. That's it comes down to time condemns, and know. also. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I feel like people don't realize that like it's like totally normal to have like more than one career in your life mm-hmm. to like be like pushed in different directions.
1: That's true. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I get caught up in the. I, yeah.
0: Yeah, because like mm-hmm. for example, like right now I'm like law school, but it's like I probably won't want to be a lawyer forever. I mean, yeah, because
3: I be
2: mean, life is way. life is short, but also life is long. When mm-hmm. you think about it. There's a lot of time. And it's because of both of those that
0: you should explore as many options as you can. Right.
1: Wow. I think that's great. Yeah, Honestly. that's the end. Get, that's the awesome. end. Um, well, thank you so much, Vaughn, for joining <laughs> us.
3: Mike, you, you were quiet there for, yeah, for a, <laughs> a little couple little minutes. <laughs> I was just listening. I was just observing. Oh, wow.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, knowing you as a friend already, like, it was pretty pretty easy to talk t- with you but it was great to hear more about like the inner workings of Vaughn yeah, yeah Vaughn I know
0: so. yeah there's more depth it was nice. I'm impressed thank and you. also I think you're an, a- an excellent actor and I do think you could make it okay I appreciate that Andre I really too. and I also know that people take that with a grain of salt but I really <laughs> need it <laughs> and I hope you believe me. all right thank you Andre yeah, very
2: sweet. <laughs> thanks for thanks <laughs> for talking
3: hey, to us that was a lot of fun so yes
1: join us next time Thank you for listening to the second episode of the Arts Alive podcast. Make sure to visit the link in the description to read more about Von Kramer and his many accomplishments. And a thanks goes out to our very own Mike Hoban for recording the music for our intros and outros this episode. If you've been working on any music this pandemic and want to be featured, send it our way. Stay safe and stay healthy.